Miss Jackson. All systems go. Live from the Whiskey 61 Lounge inside the Bank Plus Studio. It's now morning. Live in the studio. It's the Out of Bounds Show with Low Bounds. Streaming live worldwide on the Out of Bounds radio app. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. All set. Let's go. The Zone. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. What's happening, all you crazy people? We love you. I want to thank you for listening to the Out of Bounds Power Hour. That's right. We do it 6 a.m. to 7 a.m. Tuesday through Fridays. We give you uh, the best of the best, baby, of the Out of Bounds show, 6A to 7A on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. We're always powered by the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook and Lounge. Key, key, key piece of the puzzle there. It's not just a sportsbook. It's a lounge where you can hang out and watch all the games. Um, and they have food and beverage at the Golden Moon Casino Sportsbook. Timeout Lounge. Um, Dancing Rabbit Golf Club. Man, it ended up being a beautiful day yesterday. That was kind of cool. Um, I got outside and did a little exercising. That was nice. It was hot. I was sweating. I think it got up to like 80, 84 or 5 or something like that, which was interesting. Um, we're live in the Bank Plus studio. I'm your host, Bo Bounds. Hope you're doing well. We're streaming live on the Zone1059.com and the Out of Bounds radio app. That's right. Don't forget about the power hour, 6A to 7A, Tuesday through Friday. Everybody at ESPN 105.9 The Zone loves that we're able to offer you that extra bonus hour of Out of Bounds. And, uh, you know, I think we should just do another one. You know, I mean, we should probably find another hour every day to do it too, um, to keep this thing rolling at mock speed, whatever, uh, whatever Top Gun hit this summer. What was that, Mach 13? It was a lot. Yeah, it was a lot. That that's Blake. That's Blake Scott. Blake Mania, to some of you. Um, what's happening, man? I'm good, Bo Bounce. Yeah, just living the dream, boss. You know, we have uh, this week. We have both Alabama and Georgia, the two monsters in college football. Uh, well, what was I know? Bama's lost their dynasty <laughs> mojo, but they're still, you know, the prior to this year, the program. Um, of college football the last 12. Obviously, they just took their second L and things could be crumbling in the world of T-Town. But that's two big brands coming in the state of Mississippi. Yeah, I mean, that's, like you said, arguably the biggest brands of the last four-year window. Is it as big a brand as Ole Miss? (laughs) Yikes. Maybe your fan base would rather lose to Alabama. Wow. Yeah, I don't know. Look, hey, there's only one... Is there... Was there anything more... when that lady was so mad. Yes. And you know how they talk about resting B-Face? Oh, yeah. It wasn't resting. She had a hall yeah. of fame. Yeah. It was active. <laughs> resting B-Face. Yeah, she was actively giving it to the Texas Chancellor. That was a, a Texas a TC- legislator. And, and, yeah. and what about this week? I wonder if she's going to be... TCU v. Texas. That's yeah, right. This will be Texas legislator. Could be one of the last times they meet, you know... I keep stumping for why is the SEC and Greg Sankey just sitting around? Let's go ahead and get Texas and Oklahoma over here. I don't know. I might might be the you know maybe somebody will get a little spur in their bonnet with everything else that's going on around the country and 
and get them over here sooner than later. This may be the last time they play. It's a good point. You'll never know. That, that, that could be the case. Although, you know, they rolled out the 2023 schedule. Ole Miss mm-hmm. will, will pull Georgia. Mississippi State will pull South Carolina. Um, so maybe by 24 they can get in Maybe by 24. Here, which it's supposed to be 25. Right. God, it's just waiting. It's too long. No, I think it'll be 24. I hope so. You know, maybe, you know, maybe the attorneys will have built enough. Well, is that is that ever possible? No. Okay. Uh, you can hit us up on the Farm Bureau Insurance call-in line, 601-707-3750. Uh, Twitter, Twitter, at Bo Bounds. Twitter, at Bo Bounds. And I haven't checked the Twitters this morning. And Ag Up Equipment, John Deere Tractor Text Line, 601-885-3776. 885-3776. So you get Bama and Georgia in town this weekend. That's pretty big. Yeah, it is. Uh, both is big favorites. Um, one twelve, one sixteen. you know, uh, 16 and a half, excuse me. Uh, Georgia is a 16 and a half point favorite and uh Bama is a 12 point favorite over Ole Miss I don't know how y'all feel about that it's early in the week um of course they say you know winners bet early so that's what they say you know maybe you need to maybe you need to lay down a bet before noon today to go ahead and get in somebody just asked where's game day it's what we Blake and I just referenced TCU at Texas right no Ole Miss game day because Alabama's shortcomings and we it's rare we say that yeah um Texas is six and three and they get game day yeah Texas now has game day has now appeared on game day this season more times than Texas A&M has won football games wow so wow enjoy that and we with that that's a that could be a big game this weekend well A&M it, at Auburn there's it's funny what we have around the country so TCU-Texas is a playoff game because TCU has to be perfect. If TCU wins out every game they have, they're in the playoff at this point. The committee's telling you that. So TCU's got an opportunity to win out and get there. So that's a big game for Texas. Georgia has to stay perfect down the stretch. They're trying to to get their playoff spot secured. And Ole Miss, Ole Miss is playing for a backdoor shot. If LSU falters, boom, either at Arkansas this weekend where they're only a three-point favorite or at A&M in the Thanksgiving rivalry week, Ole Miss, if they win out, they're there. They win out and LSU drops a game. That's all you need. Okay. All right. So it's there's a lot well, of... Well, hold on. Yeah, because yeah. they will beat Bama. Yeah. And that'll be loss number three. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's all they got to do is Ole Miss, Ole Miss still has... Ole Miss still has everything in front of the table. They can still have a one-loss season. Or they can go to a big... I saw yesterday prediction, them in the Citrus Bowl well, against Illinois. They could be even higher than that, potentially, if they went out. Boy, that'd be a gift. I mean, Illinois is a nice story. Bielem is doing a great job, but they're not that talented. Um, is that what I saw, the Citrus Bowl with Ole Miss? Uh, yeah. That could be I right. I think the Action Network... Action. The Action Network... Because uh, Brett McMurphy is a Twitter machine. Um, basically, that's all he does. I mean, he just tweets out all day, and that's his job, which is incredible. Um, uh, I'm still not sure there's near as much value there as people in sports media think it is. Um, 
the Action Network, I think, had Ole Miss in the Citrus Bowl. Yeah, that's not a bad deal. Right now, Action Network has Georgia in the Peach Bowl. Georgia in the Peach. That's Alab- the college football playoff? Yes. And uh, Alabama is still headed to the Sugar Bowl they have, which seems high. I guess they're assuming Alabama still wins out and things could play out in their favor, but still seems kind of high for Alabama. Uh, okay. Uh, Alabama is probably not going to be in a New Year's Six Bowl because, in in all honesty, if they went out, well, Georgia Georgia would be ahead of them. Well, Georgia's Georgia's in the College Football Playoff. Correct. We may even get. See, here's the problem: Tennessee would be ahead of them, assuming they went out. Yeah. Now Tennessee could, as a one loss team, Tennessee or Michigan is a one loss team is going to be interesting if Michigan drops that Ohio State game. Blake. Yeah. If they stay, you know. Perfect everywhere Perfect. else, yeah. If Tennessee and Michigan are both eleven and one, what's that look like for the committee? What does that yeah. look like? But but as far and as also we ha- we have to monitor what TCU look. If TCU gets bounced this weekend, that's good. That could be good for the SEC or Big Ten. Correct, because yeah. you could have Georgia one if they stay clean. Ohio State would be two if they stay clean. And then you got Tennessee and Michigan buying for yeah. three and four. Yeah, maybe an Oregon backdoors their way in as a one-loss Pac-12 champion. A lot of discussion about that. I don't know if they'll even have any top 25 wins, Blake, but that's a good point. I don't know. All right. I mean, I know Tennessee's got the Bama win. I don't even know if Michigan has a top 25 win. Good hell, they just beat Rutgers. I don't even know how they're D1. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Uh, we are the Out of Bounds Show. Big board coming up next. Good morning. Welcome in. On a Taco Tuesday, I guess. See you in a minute. Swoochie, boochie, good morning to you. I have to tell you about this game-changing product I use before a night out with drinks. It's called Z-Biotics. Let's face it. After a night out with drinks, I don't bounce back the next day like I used to. And I have to make a choice. I can either have a great night or a great next day. And that is until I found Z-Biotics. Every time I have a Z-Biotics before drinks, I notice a difference the next day. Even after a night out, I can confidently plan on hosting this show and being awesome without worry. Look, I won't lie. I was a bit on the fence about Z-Biotics initially, but then while hanging out with friends over cocktails, I gave it a shot. And believe me, it is the real deal. Go to zbiotics.com slash OOB to get 15% off your first order when you use OOB at checkout. Remember to head to zbiotics.com slash OOB and use the code OOB at checkout for 15% off. Thank you, Zbiotics, for sponsoring this episode and our good times. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's on board? What's on the big board?
It's uh, it's National Fried Chicken Sandwich Day, Blake, and I don't know what you're going to do with that, but uh, I know that beard has taken down some uh, some fried chicken sandwiches in your day. Oh, yeah. It's the it's my go-to sandwich at uh, Bulldog Burger. Bulldog Burger, baby. Right. They got the turmeric mayo. Oh, so good. Really? So good. I'm a big believer you have to have really, really good pickles. Yeah. On a on a fried chicken sandwich. You know, that's a great boar's head. Fried chicken and pickles is like a southern combination that I don't think people outside the South realize goes together. But you're exactly right. The saltiness and the crunch of the chicken with the brininess of the pickle, oh yeah. Give it to me. Did uh did you just go got the area on yeah. us? I'm Dude. not sure if I was ready for that. Do I need another sip I of wish. Uh, do I need to put a shot of Bailey's in my coffee? There may not be a it's bigger. Wednesday. There may not be a bigger name than Guy Fieri. They said, "Do you know Guy Fieri has the record for most time on TV?" That his, is not his, surprising. His shows are played on so many channels repetitively over and over through the day that he has the most FaceTime on TV in the world. He signed an eighty million dollar deal. Yeah, he he's on TV. Some channels literally just live off. Well, Guy which Fieri one is it? Shows. The Food Network. I mean, Food they, Network. They run a show eight eight, eight <clears throat> uh, hours a day. He's got an, he's got like a tra- uh, travel show on True TV or whatever. Like he's all he's all over the place. Yeah, Guy Fieri's the man, dude. He's the Michael Jordan of food. Right? He's the big Michael guy out there. Jordan of food. I don't know. How, how does that work? If you're the most famous, that may not be the... Michael Jordan may, may not be the right word because he's not the best cook or anything like that. Best chef. No, he found... A niche. And and he, and he then it kind of went mainstream. Well, yeah, his diners, drive-ins, and dives. That that show is brilliant. That, that's what... That and then Guy's Grocery Game. You don't have to game. think. Nope. All right, so people can just plop down in a recliner yep. or, or on yep. a sofa... And watch it, and food. I mean, yeah, everybody and, eats, and that's a travel one. So he goes around the world to do that yeah. one, and then he's got his game show version, Guy's Grocery Game. So he's got a game show, which is like he he's got his foot that in everything. Kind of gives you the competitive piece, correct? He's that's what I was getting at. He he covers all the pieces of the pie. Yeah, yeah, and that's why he's he's on literally everything. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's incredible. What the show or Guy Fieri? Both. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, Guy Fieri dropped. Who had Guy Fieri on their Out of Bounds? Bi- you know what? I always make that joke, the Out of Bounds Bingo card. We should make an Out of Bounds Bingo card and play that one day. Okay, tell me what you're talking so, about. So you know how if you watch uh, either a, a fun TV show that everybody watches or you'll watch like Sunday Night Football or Monday Night Football. Yeah. They make Gruden. They did this with, with Monday Night Football and John Gruden. They would have the Gruden Bingo card. And so you would have a bingo card and it'd be however, I don't know what it is, 16 squares or whatever. And one square might be if Gruden says Gruden's grinders, right? Yeah. And Gruden's or if Gruden grinders. says like like uh, there's a guy, you know, like Chris Collinsworth says there's a guy, right? Like that's how he says that's there's a guy who does this or that's a quarter. There's a guy who does that. Kind of right? like Madden created all those Correct. different. And they would do that with Madden too. So we we probably because need to do all of us love if you can tie in a guy in a lunch pail matter Correct. in sports. Yep. 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 Then. Because everybody believes that they were that guy in sports and that somehow most people overachieved or whatever to Absolutely. get to however much playing time Absolutely. you had That's what you know, Gr- throughout your high school, maybe some college Gruden career. built his whole image on like personifying that guy. Well, and he ripped it off from Madden. Yes, 100%. He was a, a 
like wish version of John Madden. Absolutely. Right. The great value van- brand right. of John Madden. Yeah. Um, so we could do a bing. Well, I'll come up with it. We'll do a bingo card for the Bo- Out of Bounds show. Okay. And we'll have listeners let us know, you know, like things that they hear you say all the time, right? Your, your phrases, your quotes, things that happen on the show, right? Sure. If, if we drop a Jimbo clip, like, you know, that would be a square, right? Bo makes fun of Jimbo Fisher. That would be a square. And we'll play bingo one day. And whoever gets bingo first will get some prizes. Okay. You'll have to fill in your square. Because you you do these things. We drop these types of things all the time. But a Guy Fieri drop in segment two, that's impressive. Man, that guy's built an empire. Yeah. An empire. Just incredible. <laughs> People are already letting us know what the squares should be. I, I want I, I want to hear from the listeners. What squares well, would be on Bo Bounds' bingo card? Text line 601-885-3776. Brought to you by Ag Up Equipment. And your next John Deere tractor at any of the Ag Up Equipment locations. So you love that that fried chicken oh. sandwich at Bulldog Burger. Yes, 1,000%. Okay. That's that's one of the best ones around. I'm trying to think of who else has it. McBee's has one. one. Oh, go ahead. McBee's has a good fried chicken sandwich. I, yeah. Okay. I used to go to McBee's. I haven't uh, been in a while, yeah. But, I mean, I'm talking about the 90s. Oh. I, I was four. Now, I've been, like, twice. I had somebody. I was Somebody that we were uh, getting on the show asked me to meet them at McBee's a couple years ago for a beer. Who was that? And so, yeah, we met. And we did something like there was a game there, like shot pool or something. I don't remember what we were <laughs> you, doing. I couldn't. That's funny. You shooting pool at a business meeting. That would be yeah, hilarious I don't, to or see. We threw, I don't think we threw darts. It was something random. But this guy was like, hey, yeah, just uh, let's let's meet at McBee's. I was like, oh, okay. That's funny. Uh, they have new ownership. I think this was pre I don't remember. I have to think back. Uh so so McBee's has a, a fried chicken sandwich? Yeah, uh the last time I was there they did. I, it's been a while. It's probably been oh gosh, probably pre pandemic now. Wow, it's been forever. Okay, well we don't know if they all right, I will tell you a place that I had an unbelievable fried chicken sandwich. Um there's a hotel that Four Roses Bourbon put me in. Um called uh 21C Museum. They're they're around the country oh, in Kentucky. Okay. And yeah, and that's where they put me for oh. the the remote that I did a few years ago. Oh, and in the hotel, the right, now this is a swanky place, way over my head. But they didn't book it till late, and they didn't realize it was a football weekend, so they couldn't get me in the Hyatt or the Hilton, <laughs> which is you know much more so, affordable. So they put you in the Ritz, basically. Is yeah, what no, you're I telling mean, me. It's, it's it is Ritz level, and. Uh, I won't say how much it was, but it, I could not believe how much it was for me to stay three nights there. Because I flew in on Thursday, did a show on that Friday, went to the game funny. on Saturday, and flew out on Sunday. Um, but uh, So it's the 21C Museum, and they're in like uh, Louisville, Lexington, and some of the major metropolitan areas. They have a restaurant in there, Blake, called The Lockbox. Ooh, great and name. They, yeah, and it's very swanky and blah, blah, blah. And everybody in there has to be all, you know, dolled up and whatever. And um, so I landed in there one day before going to uh, Keeneland. And I had their fried chicken sandwich. And now this was like on culinary steroids. It was amazing. So if you're ever in Lexington, mm. 
mm. and you want to have lunch, the 21C Museum Hotel has a restaurant called The Lockbox. And there's also usually really, really, really attractive people in there. That doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Perfect chicken sandwich, fried chicken, pepper jack cheese, bacon, pickle, some type of aioli or mayo in yes, obviously the correct light amount. Yeah. Drizzle. I probably like a little more than you, but I'm not a dr- I don't like it coated either. Yeah. I'm not a coated. There's a guy. fine yeah. line there that you can really screw up and I don't like it. You like I want to throw out B three too because I don't I model I don't honey think butter this, chicken biscuit. Well, I was thinking the um, the wrap that we get. Oh, the dirty, the dirty bird. bird. So it comes as a sandwich too. I did not know that. Yes, I get the wrap. I've only had the wrap because you put you, you put me on. It's that. easier that way for me. Yeah, yeah. So I just do the the wrap, but the dirty bird at, at B three uh, is lights out. Okay, for, for chicken. I'll, I'll include a wrap on Chicken Sandwich Day. I mean, that's close. That's enough. Fair enough. Yeah, Burgers, Blues, and Barbecue has the Dirty Bird sandwich. Yes. And the honey butter chicken yes. biscuit. And the dirty bird wrap. And I get comeback sauce on that bad boy because it's fire. I get it on the side. Oh, so good. And I love it. The the suggestions for your bingo card are hilarious. Holy Mary Old Zap, Mr. Ranch Dressing. Yeah. Referencing growing up in Bellhaven. Yes. The lake house on the boat. Yes. Jimbo drops. We've got some we've got some funny ones. The text line's lighting up yeah. on, on the, the bow bounds. Leaving games early. Yeah. I'm sure. <laughs> Referencing game time. That has yeah. to be on God, there. I mean, good hell. I really need all games to start at 11 a.m. We're live in the Bank Plus studio. Out of bounds, 105.9 The Zone ESPN, driven by your uh, tires, wheels, spray and bed liners, and lift kits at Rick's Pro Truck in Madison, Gluckstadt, excuse me, and Flowood. We'll be back in a sec. From the Whiskey 61 Lounge in the Bank Plus studio. Check, check, check it out. Your SEC Insider hit this morning is brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. It's good to be blue, the official health care provider of the Out of Bounds show. And the show is also presented by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center, MississippiSportsMedicine.com. Friday Night Lights. Friday Night Lights, powered by Mississippi Sports Medicine and Orthopedic Center. Mississippi State comes away with a good win on Saturday. It may not have been pretty, but... Winning in this league is uh, whew, highly coveted. You'll take every one you can get, especially in the West. And uh, they come away with a W in overtime. They kind of fell asleep for about an hour and a half during the game. And I think a lot of people are sh- kind of scratching their head there as to why they went nine straight possessions without scoring on offense. Um, you know, one of those possessions was a special teams touchdown by the uh Little use, for whatever reason, Tulu Griffin, who is an absolute highlight reel waiting to happen. Uh, he's got three games left in his junior year, so the clock is ticking. He had a 57-yard catch, too. Um, so when he gets it in space, he's got... The, the, this team does not have a lot of this. He's got some wiggle and some speed. Uh, but Massimo Biscardi, to me, was... Uh, there were others, Crummity and so on, but Massimo Biscardi was the MVP. When you've got that, that, those kind of stones and bells to hit three straight kicks in bad weather, pressure, all that, everything's going against you, pretty damn impressive from that young man. And I thought Cadillac missed on the second timeout. I thought it was too late. But the refs let him and that staff do whatever the hell they wanted all night, which I could not figure out. 
We welcome in Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Gene's Page, the Boneyard Podcast. Steve joins us on the Dosaki guest line. Steve, uh, how about Massimo Biscardi, man? I mean, was that pressure-packed, bad weather, Cadillac's going to empty the tank on the timeouts. How impressed were you with that young man? I, I was impressed, and uh, I absolutely thought it was the right decision for Cadillac to do that based on State's place kick in the last couple of years. And, uh, you know, the guy just sat in there and just, you know, hey, let, let's ride, you know. I mean, of course, uh, if he had missed one of the first two, then all of a sudden Cadillac looks a little silly. But the reality of it is, is he took the best chance possible, presented the, the situation, and Biscardi comes through. And, and when's the last time State's had a big kick like that? I mean, maybe uh, Derek DePasquale to uh, force overtime against Arkansas years ago. I mean, it's like right. State hadn't had that pressure-type kick in a long time. And, and he comes through there and, uh, in many respects, kind of saves the season. Because that's the ball game, as you say, that State had in control. And you have these periods of malaise that have kind of plagued State this year. And that, that's probably my biggest issue, Bo, is – is that the same issues you had against Memphis, you had against Auburn, you know, and, and that's that's got to get better. You got to be more consistent on offense. You can't have these periods where everybody just kind of goes to sleep and gets comfortable. Uh, man, Massimo Biscardi, what a dude last weekend. Like you said, they needed that shot in the arm, and that kid was on. And we talked to Steve. It's easy for all of us to kind of gloss over. Uh, how about the long snapper and the holder? time and time again yeah. on a wet field in, in some pretty crappy weather, Steve. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been an issue, too. I mean, that was, you know, when they had some of the field goal kicking issues, you know, when you got broken down, you said, well, maybe there's a holding situation here. And they actually have uh, have changed the, the deep snapper there and got Hayes Hammond doing it now. And so, you know, perhaps they figured some things out. But, uh, yeah, you've got to be able to execute in that situation, and they did. What You just hit on it. What? They're in November, and they're having these big lulls in games that go all the way back to Memphis. What? So nine straight possessions on offense. Tulu took, you know, house the kick. It's great. Young man's electric. Don't know why he's not getting more touches, but whatever. What? What? How do? This is like an hour and a half, two quarters, a quarter and a half. Why the lulls? What's happening, Steve? That's a great question, and Leach has brought that out multiple times in postgame and says, you know, we've got to learn to stand prosperity. And there have been times I think State has gotten the lead and then gotten comfortable and, you know, kind of, kind of basically gone to sleep. And, and that, that has, that's got to change. You know, in order for State you know, to win and get to 8-4 and four this year, they're going to have to at some point put together four quarters of quality football, and they've been incapable of doing that so far. And I, I really think back, if, if we're being honest, under the Leach – Tenure. I mean, maybe that Missouri game in 2020 is probably the game where you have maybe had continuity on offense the entire day. Maybe go back to LSU, but even in that LSU ball game, people forget if State turned it over four times there, you know, and, and still won the game handily. And if you play clean that day, you, you know, you might have an epic win where you have absolutely just wiped the field with LSU. And so, and to give credit too, I mean, you know, to Auburn, you know, those sure. guys came out and played football and th those guys get preschool too you know it's not like we're always you know it's not the globetrotters versus the washington generals out there and so uh you know you, you've got to be able to go out there and compete and uh I, I give cadillac and that staff a lot of credit they they put in some new offensive wrinkles and gave state some problem with it but at the end of the day 
when the game was on the line, State made the big kick to tie it and get it into overtime, and then outplayed them in overtime and ultimately won the football game. Why, why do you think the offense is regressing? Um, 24 straight. I mean, this has been for a few few weeks now. Kentucky, um, you know, Alabama, they actually moved it a little bit better but between the 20s. Um, but that nine straight possessions without scoring, six coming out of halftime against a pod staff at Auburn, 24 straight passes, you're – you're tipping off to SEC defensive linemen and especially edge rushers that they don't have to worry about the run. So it puts an enormous amount of pressure on your offensive tackles, Steve, and Will Rogers. What do you see with this offense? Well, the first thing I'll say, I thought the offensive line played their worst game of the year uh, against Auburn, and, and not just because of the sacks. I think there, there, were, there were people in, in his face over and over and over again. And that that's part of the issue. That, that that's part of the issue. So, and I think you got to get some stuff kind of situated uh, here in the next couple weeks, just because of the fact that that Georgia offense defensive line is elite. You know, states played Alabama, LSU, Auburn. Those fronts are really really good. This Georgia front is elite. And I think one of the things that we're seeing too is Mississippi State's kind of graduating a little bit offensively. You're not seeing drop eight anymore. I think people have realized that Will Rogers will absolutely pick you apart if that's what you do. And so now people are trying to defense them differently, and now they'll have to adjust. Football is a game of adjustments. Now everybody's bringing more pressure, forcing him to get the ball out early. I thought Auburn did a great job kind of defending the flats and taking the check game away. So now, you know, what's Leach do to counter that? You know, because this is a mimic league. Everybody, once they have some success, is going to mimic what everybody else does. And so you're not seeing drop A right here in those complaints because they've addressed those. Well, now, how do you handle this new fangled way that people are, are defensing this Mississippi State offense? That's what has to be corrected here in the next three weeks. Derek Hall ate their lunch. Former Mississippi State commitment, Gulfport, Mississippi. Ended up flipping to Auburn late. Uh, eight tackles, six solo, two sacks, three for tackles for a loss. That guy was a machine. Um, Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Gene's Page, the Boneyard Podcast on the Out of Bounds Show, and the Dosecki Guest Line. Tulu Griffin, so they're next to last. MSU's offense is next to last in explosive plays, Steve. And to me, I, you may disagree, but to me, the game is predicated all on explosive plays this day and age. Can you generate them? Can you stretch a field? Can you go vertical? Or can you do it running running plays from the line of scrimmage? Whatever. Tulu is their most explosive player, yet he doesn't get that many touches. He had two receptions. One was a 57-yarder, one for one yard. What's the deal? Should he? Does he Does he deserve more touches? I hear this. He make, every, every receiver on that... Austin Williams, Ra-Ra, Tulu, Wally, you know, others have dropped the football this year. And I saw it in Bam LSU game, too. Does he deserve more touches, Steve? Well, he does. And the first thing I'll say is Derek Hall never publicly committed to Mississippi State. He was a lean throughout the process and ultimately did choose Auburn. So I just want the record to reflect that. But, but yeah, I think the thing with Tulu, too, is tracking the football on the deep throw. There's been a couple times where State has thrown it basically over his head and he hadn't been able to make that catch. I mean, Alabama's a pretty good example of that. But I think you've got to find a way to get the ball in his hands 
doing what he does well. You know, and and I don't know if that's not moving him eventually to the slot receiver spot because I think that he's a guy that can take that that slant or that seven yard hitch, make a guy miss, and he's off to the races. And you saw an example of that on Saturday. And so I think maybe we're underutilizing him because we're having him play outside. I mean, that's just kind of the reality of it in my estimation. I, I think that he's a guy. You know that his route tree is a little, maybe a little more limited than you'd like at this point in his development, and so maybe adjust and do what he does well. You know, get him the football. And there have been some games, and Steve Spurrier Jr. said it. You know, we got to feed him a little bit more, and they came out and they did. I guess it was against uh, Texas A&M. They they found a way to kind of get him the ball in space and let him kind of make some plays for you, but. You know, in order for this defense, I mean, this offense to take the next step, you've got to do more in that intermediate passing game, which will you know impact those safeties, kind of loosen the box up a little bit because we're seeing a lot heavier boxes these days. I mean, State comes out, runs football well against Arkansas and A and M, so people are like, "Nah, you're not going to do that." Right. And so then that they've adjusted their coverage, and so you know, football again is a game of adjustments. It's not in-game adjustments only. You know, it's over the course of a season as you kind of realize how people are attacking you. And to that's to me that's the difference between a seven win season and an eight win regular season is the adjustments that state makes in these final three weeks. Steve Robertson on the Out of Bounds show. Now um, I'll give Leach this. He he pulled he pulled the short straw in scheduling. He gets Georgia two of the first three years uh, during his tenure, and MSU really doesn't ever play Georgia. Um, I mean what. What are they trying to do this weekend? Just get out of the game healthy? I mean, Georgia's awesome. How do you see it? Well, I, you know, here's the thing, too. And I had this discussion with some fans on, on Sunday. Everybody's like, well, I just hope that we can be competitive. You know, I hope that we can graduate to a point that we start expecting to win these games. And, and at this point, you're not there. I mean, this Georgia team is incredible. They're, they're number one for a reason. It's not some you know, fluke. And they're probably the quietest number one team that we've seen in recent years. I don't know. They get enough respect. They're the defending national champions, and people just act like they're another team. But I'm eager to see how State handles maybe the logo on the side of the helmet. That was a problem against Alabama. Leach mentioned it, like we were scared of Alabama. I just want to see State come out there and punch them. You know what I'm saying? It's like like they did in 2020. Like, we don't care who you are, where you're from, or what's in your trophy case. We're here to play a football game. And I, I think that would be maybe a step forward for State. It's just to go out there and play these guys head up and not be intimidated by the logo. Crumity and Wheat were fantastic on Saturday. Boy, Crumity, uh, he made his presence known on the first series, Steve. Yeah, he did the very first play of the game offensively. Uh, they give it to Tank Bigsby, and Crumity sheds a block and rises to the ground. And I think that was good to see. And, you know, we got him in postgame and talked to him about the, uh, you know, the targeting call that they picked the flag up on. Uh, you know, that was uh, for a moment there. I was kind of holding my breath. It's like this kid's gone through so much, and as soon as he gets back out of here, he's about to get be knocked out of a game. But he comes right back and plays really well. Credited with just three tackles and a sack and one and a half tackles for loss, but uh, he impacted the game even though he didn't fill up the box score. And and that could be big for State down the stretch. And you know, he's still a little bit rusty, uh, but you you feel like maybe you get him through this week and maybe those last couple ball games he'd be pretty close to midseason form. Uh, better play call, Steve. Will to rah-rah late in the game on the long touchdown pass or Leach uh, folding up the chairs on the sideline and throwing them down? I think it's absolutely Leach throwing the chairs down. Um, There's so many people that that have this 
this false narrative when it comes to leads, like he's not engaged or he's not doing the things he needs to do or showing emotion. He just shows it differently. But that was a good example right there of him just kind of having enough and saying, you know what, we're going to change this up, and uh, you guys are not going to sit over here. And he joked yesterday, he goes, we, we had everything over there except for playing cards. You know, I mean, trying to get those guys engaged. And, you know, I thought it was big because you've gotten complacent on offense. You've gotten comfortable. And he goes and does that, shakes things up, and then later in the ball game, you have some sense of urgency, and you ultimately do what it requires to win the football game. All right. So, you know, Leach, I, I think their team is pretty average. All right. Uh, I think they'll finish seven and five, which is that's a compliment to Leach. And last year, I think they were they were or I don't think they were ordinary. Last year, and they finished seven and five. So it shows that kind of his system and everything he's done works to a certain level and a, and a, and a better level than Mississippi State historically. But people are kind of asking, you know, is there going to be a bump or a jump? Have they recruited well enough? Are the players getting developed at the you know, at the rate they need to be. I think there's some positions, quite frankly, Steve, that aren't improving. Um, I think the one spot where I was wrong on Leach, he's brilliant, he's amazing, phenomenal play caller, and the offense is pretty damn good. What I thought because he had won at Texas Tech and Washington State for so long with less, that he would be... Dan, that he and the staff would be Dan Mullen-esque as far as developing players, and I don't think they are. Your thoughts? Well, I think it's maybe a little bit early to tell just because 2020 was such a weird year. And, you know, some people did a better job that year. I mean, you look up the road at Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss, even though they finished that year 5-5, five and five, you know, and he's attacked the portal. And so it's been a different philosophy, but you, know, you can't knock the results. I think when you look at this offense, when you look at, you know, at all the metrics out there, Scoring average is up. You know, rushing is up. Uh, you know, Will Rogers, I think, is maturing as a quarterback and doing a good job. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's about wins and losses. And there were a lot of people at the beginning of the year that said this could be a better Mississippi State team with the same record they had a year ago just because of the schedule. Um, I still think eight and four is a possibility. And, you know, you never know what the, these two teams are going to look like by the time you get to Thanksgiving when it comes to State and Ole Miss. But that ultimately will likely be, you know, the game that decides the quality of this season. Is it a good year or is it a really good year? It's not going to be a great year, but it could be a really good year. And let, let's say you win that ball game and, and then somehow win the bowl game and you end the year on a three-game winning streak, you've got some juice heading into the offseason into spring practice. And so, you know, the story of this season has not completely been written yet. Uh, will Rogers with the two fumbles. Obviously, they were bringing pressure, but Will's got to take care of the ball in the pocket. What's your takeaway on those two turnovers? I don't blame him for either of those. I, I think the pick is on him. I think I think that both of those fumbles are on on your left tackle. You know, I think both, the, especially that second one, and that that's a major league play. You know, Derek Hall beating the guy, not quite getting there, but being able to swat the ball down, and that's the thing. You look at that third quarter; it's just remarkable. State runs twenty plays, gets forty yards has the punter sack because he fumbled the snap and then has two punts for an average of 22 yards. I mean, it was a complete meltdown by the entire team. Usually you have, you know, one mistake. But the defense kept getting the short end of the field early on. They 
they forced a couple of field goals, and, and that's probably the difference in the ball game. To be quite honest with you, if if, El- if Auburn cashes in and scores touchdowns, there we're having a different conversation today, and State's still not bowl eligible. Uh, but that's the thing I, I think about all this is like this special team stuff continues to persist. And to Leach's credit, he shakes up the staff. They bring in all new specialists, yet this thing's continues. So you can't really put your finger on what it is, but they got to find a way to fix it. It's their job to fix it. It's their responsibility to fix it. And they've got to hold people accountable and ensure those things don't happen moving forward. Um, what What's the latest on Dylan Johnson? Yeah, he wasn't quite 100%. You know, and he's a gamer. You know, he always wants to play. Uh, he'll be a little bit closer to 100% this week. And, you know, they were careful with him last week. I don't know that he's full go again until the Egg Bowl. You know, and and, I, and that's not necessarily maybe a, a question about his health. But just I think you got to be careful with him. You don't you don't want to get him hurt against George, and you certainly don't want to, you know, waste the good snaps that he has available against East Tennessee State. So, you know, we'll see how things progress. But I, my hope is they'll be somewhat measured in how they utilize him the next two weeks so that in that egg bowl game, he will be much closer to hundred percent. We had a listener on our ag up equipment text line. Want to ask you a question, Steve Robertson, the boneyard podcast, jeans page two, four, seven sports on the Dosecki guest line. Steve can Tulu play running back spot duty. Not, I don't think not, so. not marks and Dylan reps, but you you've seen other teams in the last few years put wide, even in the NFL, put wide receivers at running back, give them a few snaps, um, whether it's Ole Miss or the San Francisco 49ers with Debo, among many others. What If you're an athlete, you can usually make that happen. What do, what do you see? Well, I think you maybe have to move him to the slot to make that happen, You know, to, to bring him in motion. I mean, you're not going to do that as an outside receiver. Could they utilize him in some wrinkles? I think you could. I, I'd like to see it, quite honestly. And I'm, I'm not saying you even motion him back, but just bring him on some jet sweep action and you know, let him get the football with a full head of steam and perhaps get the edge out there. I think he. I think that's a wrinkle that could really be beneficial to Mississippi State. I, I just don't know if that's in the cards. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like one of those things that uh, you look at and you think about how explosive he can be. And, and listen, he's still got some development to do. We all know that. Nobody's saying that he's a finished product, but I think he is being somewhat underutilized, and I would like to see him do that. I don't know if you motion him back there and let him start, you know, from a halfback type stance, but I'd like to see them be a little more creative in how they get him the football. All right. We'll leave it there. Steve Robertson, 247 Sports, Jeans Page on the Dosecki guest line. Steve, appreciate it, man. Thanks. Uh, Steve Robertson joined us on ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Let's go to the Ag Up Equipment text line. State grad 98, who me last week that my show was terrible, uh, text us and says, um, they're keep- no, this is Trez. Sorry, um, these texts are jumping. Trez says they are keeping Tulu fresh for the Liberty Bowl. What's the percentage chance that Bo attends the Liberty Bowl? That would be zero. What's negative? Is yeah. there a negative yeah, chance? Yeah, that 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 would be zero. Um, At I'm, seven and five, you're trending for Vegas. Ooh, I'd just go start, to that. Just throwing that out there. I, now that I may not go to the game, but but I'll go out there just to. I think we would give both, me an excuse. We both have to go to cover the game. Is what it sounds like. It sounds like we would. Sounds Even like if we I'm would there to cover for it. a quarter before going to the well, one of the cool have, restaurants in the Venetian. I'd have to go because I want to check out the new stadium. That's fair. I mean, enough. it's a brand new, like state of the art, yeah, eight billion dollar no, stadium. I, I'm yeah. with you. So I'd go for 
a half. Yes, correct. And I don't. Who, who are you pulling a Pac-12 team? Yeah, I think that's right. So I don't know who that would be. I don't know who's like six and six or seven and five, maybe even eight and four with the Pac-12. That pecking order could actually be a notch up for them compared to the SEC. But that would be a cool bowl game if if Mississippi State finishes seven and five. Uh, which I expect them to do. If you made me bet $1,000 today, I would bet 1000 on them losing to Georgia and Ole Miss and beating East Tennessee State. Um, yeah, I could go to the Las Vegas Bowl. SEC versus the Pac-12, I'm in. Blake and I had a good time out there yeah. uh, in May for the NFL draft. I- I'm all about that. I'm trying it's- to see the latest Bowls uh, predictions. Um, this group has Mississippi State playing FSU in the Gator Bowl. Oh. Florida State versus Mississippi State in the Gator Bowl. This one has Arkansas headed to Las Vegas. Oh. Well, and, hey, Jacksonville? At 7-5, like December yeah. 30th or whenever that game is during, uh, with the last two times I've been there during that time, it's been like Se- 80 degrees. Yeah, 75, perfect, yeah. So you get, it's right there, the water comes through, the bay, whatever in the hell it is. I mean, that it's not an awesome city, but it's easy to get from downtown to the stadium, unlike Miami. When I asked Steve Robertson, he said the Vegas Bowl is considered one of the bottom bowls by the SEC at this point. Okay. So it'll be like a 6-6 six and six team, most well, likely. 7-5 and five may get you in. Potentially, yeah. You know? I mean, you don't want South Carolina going over you. Uh, or Arkansas. You want to go to the Vegas Bowl. But Jacksonville's not bad. If you missed anything, Apple Podcasts, search the Out of Bounds Show with Bo Bounds. See you tomorrow.